What is up, guys? It's Pete Mundo of HeartlandCollegeSports.com, and appreciate you downloading the podcast this week, being a part of the show. Football's back, baby. And we're brought to you by BetNow.eu. I'm placing my Big 12 bets there. I hope you do as well. Use the promo code HEARTLAND for a 100% sign-up bonus. They just double your money. They put it right in there. I've been using them. They're taking care of us, and um, we appreciate you. So BetNow.eu, promo code HEARTLAND to get involved on the gambling front. And then, if you haven't, please rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. I can't thank you enough for doing that. We are seeing a big increase in the podcast downloads because of you doing that. The grassroots continues. And if you do it, send me a screenshot of your review to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I will send you in the mail a Heartland College Sports koozie. It's a great deal. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy the show. Third and goal at the three, and Iowa State moved at the snap. Skyler Thompson to the goal line, touchdown. I can feel it coming on now as the music plays. Taking shots with the night out. He's at the Baylor 35, the 30, the 25, the 20. It's a foot race to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. He goes again. David Sills with a 53-yard touchdown reception. We're going all night long, everybody and the Cyclones win it. They have knocked off the number four TCU Hard Frogs. This is not some mirage. When the sun goes down, stars come out. They just kept trying to catch him, and he just kept running away from him. It's 81 yards from McCluskey on the grab. It's caught at the 10, to the 5, into the end zone, it's a touchdown! Oh, mother! So as I see it right now, the Big 12 Conference is breaking into a clear hierarchy of three different levels. Pete Mundo with you, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. We have added KCMO Talk Radio as our latest affiliate in Kansas City. It's the home of my Monday through Friday news talk show, so we appreciate you following us there. It joins our affiliates in Kansas, Texas, Oklahoma, and West Virginia. Still needing, still needing that Iowa affiliate. We know you're out there. We do. So, after two weeks in the Big 12 Conference, it's pretty evident to me what this year is going to look like. You have Oklahoma at the top, and no one can argue that. Until proven otherwise, this is the Sooners Conference, and it's not even really debatable. It can't even really be an issue because you look at this team, and the offense appears to have not even missed a step without Baker Mayfield. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield was not an enormous part of this team's success. He was. But it's interesting because the pieces around the quarterback position, around Kyler Murray, actually appear better. Maybe the offensive line is not better than last year's. It might be just as good. Maybe a maybe a level below. But the wide receivers are better. Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, and CeeDee Lamb might turn out to be the best one-two punch at wide receiver in the Big 12. West Virginia has a case with David Sills and Gary Jennings. And don't forget Simmons, of course. But you look at this Oklahoma team, and they finally seem to have some of those stud wide receivers that don't get me wrong, OU's been good at the position, but have they had that great one-two punch 
over the past couple of years, it does not feel like they have. It just doesn't. And at running back, Rodney Anderson done for the year. Uh, it's it's a heartbreaker. You feel for a guy like Rodney Anderson who came back this season, finally was healthy last year, rushed for 1,100 yards after dealing with multiple injuries his first couple of years in Norman, comes into this year preseason All-Big 12 player, and in his second game of the year, he suffers a season-ending knee injury. It's brutal. You feel for the guy. You really do. On the field, I don't believe it's a massive setback for OU because of the stable of backfield guys that they have and uh, Trey Sermon and Marcellius Sutton and true freshman TJ Pledger. Uh, these guys are darn good. Now, missing a guy like Rodney Anderson hurts, but I don't think it's as big of a setback as it might be for any other team in the conference when you lose somebody that rushed for over 1,000 yards last season and was a preseason all-Big 12 selection. But the offense is just looking on point for the Sooners, and the defense is just stepping its game up. I know UCLA is rebuilding, but that's still a Chip Kelly offense. And OU has really in many ways manhandled its first two opponents in FAU and UCLA with its defense, and that's been as impressive as what's gone on on the offensive side of the ball. So until someone goes out there and beats the Sooners or tops them for a Big 12 championship, I don't see anything this year, even without Baker Mayfield, that leads me to believe yet like it's somebody else's conference. It might change when they play TCU or West Virginia, but right now I can't justify it. I just can't. So you have the top tier in the Big 12, which is Oklahoma. That second tier is West Virginia and TCU. Put them in there together. You know, TCU had a bit of a shaky start there against SMU last Friday during that weather delay. But Gary Patterson got his guys in order. They got the ball rolling. And now they're prepped for Ohio State this week, which is going to be absolutely fantastic down at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. West Virginia, they're my pick to play Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. I think these teams are going to play back-to-back weeks, Black Friday, and then Championship Saturday. Not what the Big 12 wants, but I think that's going to what I think that's what is going to end up happening for these two teams and for this conference. And Week One and Week Two, Will Greer has done everything to live up to the Heisman hype thus far. He has, and he's earned it. Youngstown State, another four touchdown passes. WVU had 600 yards of total offense. And the defense is, is looking improved. Is it the 2016 defense of Tony Gibson's? The team that won 10 games with Skylar Howard at quarterback. You put Will Greer on that team, they might win a national championship. I don't know if it's that defense. But I'll tell you what. What I've seen through two games, it's a hell of a lot better than last year's defense. There's no doubt about that. Not even debatable. So right now I'm seeing Oklahoma, the second tier in the Big 12, is West Virginia and TCU. And then from there, it's everybody else. That's it. It's everyone else. It's Baylor. It's K-State. It's Iowa State. It's uh, Texas Tech, Texas Oklahoma State. And I'll even throw, hey, you know what? Let's throw Candace in the mix, you know? Just snapped the 46-game road losing streak. Let's throw the Jayhawks in the mix, who won a game last week at Central Michigan, and it's their first road win since September of 2009. 
congratulations to the Kansas Jayhawks. Think about that, huh? Guys on the Kansas Jayhawks right now who won that game on Saturday were probably in like fifth grade the last time KU won a road game. Crazy to think, but it's true. It doesn't change the fact that I think David Beatty's got to go. I don't think he's the guy that's going to turn around this program. I don't believe that for a second. But you take the win, you come home, you play Rutgers, and they are a favorite in the game. I saw that earlier this week. KU opened up as a favorite in this game against Rutgers, who got blown out by Ohio State last week by 40-some-odd points. So that's another good sign. If KU's 2-1 and one after non-conference play and then possibly picks up Geez, even two Big 12 wins, then you can justify David Beatty hanging around. But my pick today, what I'm seeing, I don't see how KU gets a Big 12 win. I still don't think they're very good, even though I like Puka Williams, the true freshman running back. And I'm sitting here and saying to myself, David Beatty is not the guy to turn around this program. He's not. He's in the fourth year of a rebuild, And a win over a Central Michigan team that was expected to be hot garbage this year after a loss to an FCS program uh, is still not going to cut it for me. It's just not. So I'll put Kansas in that mix with everybody else. But it's a mishmash from 4 all the way to 10 in the Big 12 Conference right now. It is. Iowa State disappointed on the offensive side of the ball in a big way. Kyle Kemp's day-to-day with his knee injury that he suffered against Iowa last weekend. Oklahoma State is looking pretty good, but they played nobody. And I'm not convinced that Taylor Cornelius is even the guy at quarterback for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I'm not. I really wonder if Taylor Cornelius is keeping that seat warm for the Hawaii transfer Drew Brown or for the true freshman Spencer Sanders until those guys get the playbook down for Mike Gundy. I'm honestly wondering that because I'm just not convinced that Taylor Cornelius is going to go out there in Big 12 play and light it up. I mean, he's made a couple of mistakes against really bad opponents these first two weeks in Missouri State and South Alabama. So I've got to see a little bit more from Taylor Cornelius before I say he's Mason Rudolph reincarnated. I I cannot do that right now. Just can't. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly. It's great to be here with you. And I want to talk a little bit about the tailgate we had last week at the K-State game. We had a great Heartland College Sports tailgate. A lot of you guys stopped by for a, a drink to say hello. We appreciate that. It was my first regular season game at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I was there for the spring game last or in April when I first got to town. And it was a lot of fun. So we appreciate a lot of you guys stopping by, saying hello and joining us for a few minutes. We had a really good time, and we look forward to doing another tailgate here again in the next few weeks. I'll have that announcement coming up. I'm not sure where or when just yet, but, you know, we're working on it, lining up a few things, and looking forward to hopefully seeing you as well at that. The game itself, not good. K-State has a lot of problems right now. It does on both sides of the ball. That should be very, very concerning. I'll explain that. I'll also get into the disaster that is Tom Herman's press conference after the Tulsa game. That and much more. Heartland College Sports Weekly, your Big 12 independent digital media outlet. It's all coming up next. 
So if you're a Texas Longhorns football fan and you saw Tom Herman's press conference on Saturday after the Tulsa win, you must want to absolutely pull your hair out. And that's if you have any left after how the past 10 years have gone. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much for joining us and being a part of the show. So if you saw this last week, Tom Herman barely beats Tulsa. A week after getting blown out, and I don't want to say blown out, but embarrassed by Maryland, Tom Herman comes home, home opener, whole thing, and it looked pretty good early on, but then his Longhorns had to hold on to beat, yeah, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. And after the game, he's getting asked about this, and he basically comes out, and you know what this guy says? He says it's tough to win football games. It's tough to win in college football, Tom Herman tells us. Well, guess what? When you're the Texas Longhorns and they're the Tulsa Golden Hurricane and they won two games last season, it shouldn't be hard to win football games. It just shouldn't. Tulsa went 2-10 and ten overall. They went 1-7 and seven in conference play. It should not be tough to beat this team. And I wish that Tom Herman would come out and say, I'm really annoyed. I'm upset and bothered by how this team has played through two games. I am. There's no excusing it. We're in year two of this turnaround. I have the guys on my team that I like, that I love, and that I know can uh, win Big 12 championships. But I'm bothered by how these first two weeks have gone. There's nothing wrong with saying that. There's nothing wrong with admitting that things are not going right now as you know they should be going. Instead, you tell us it's tough to win football games, and he goes on to say, I got some young guys on the defensive side of the ball, and, oh, and by the way, what was the other thing that Tom Herman said? Oh, yeah, that's right. Tom Herman told us on Saturday night that this team is playing tight, and that's why they are struggling in these games. That has got to be the lamest damn excuse I've heard in a really long time tell me that again what was it your guys are tight because they play for texas or whatever it might be how do you think alabama players feel you think nick saban would come out and say my guys are playing tight you know and alabama wins a national championship every other year why are texas players tight team hasn't done a damn thing in nearly a decade They've been irrelevant for going on a decade, and I want Texas to be good. I cannot harp on this fact enough. Before you sit here and tell me I'm a Texas hater, no, I'm not. I want the Longhorns to be good because when Texas is good, the Big 12 is even more relevant. It's just the case for any conference. In the Big 10, when Ohio State and Michigan are good, the Big 10 is good. In the Pac-12, when USC is good, that's good for the conference. You know, ACC, Florida State, Miami, throw in Clemson, SCC, Georgia, Alabama. It's good when your blue blood programs are good. So I want to see Texas succeed. But for Tom Herman, in many ways, to insult our intelligence and tell us, first off, his defense is young, which it isn't. I think eight or nine of the starters he had last week 
were juniors or seniors. I know you got a couple of young players there in B.J. Stearns or B.J. Foster and Caden Stearns in the secondary, but don't tell me and your fans that it's a young defense. It's simply not, and it's not the case. So that was almost more bothersome to me than the game itself. Because the way Herman addressed the media, first off, he appeared tired and sluggish and kind of aloof. It just did not have a very good vibe. But one thing that's been pointed out about this team under Herman, they play up and down to their competition. They had a lot of close losses last year. That tells you that they are playing up or down to the competition that they are playing. So, you know, they have the USC game this week. We'll talk about that more later on in the show, but it's certainly an interesting element and angle as we get ready for week three of the Big 12 football season. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly. It's great to have you in and, and having you being a part of the show. So also big news this week is the game that's not being played. That's West Virginia at NC State because of Hurricane Florence. And I understand why NC State made this call. I totally get it. But what's disappointing to me is that this game looks like it's never going to be played. And that's frustrating because it was going to be one of the great non-conference games of this college football season. West Virginia can play for a Big 12 championship in December. I believe they will. A lot of people look at NC State as a potential 9-10 win team. This would have been in many ways the best test by a wide margin for the Mountaineers in this non-conference. Tennessee is good in branding, but that team stinks right now. That being said, the Mountaineers took care of business. They didn't mess around. They beat Tennessee with relative ease, which is a very good thing, and that's what they should be doing. Then they crush Youngstown State last week. Also, very good. But this would have been a game where you would have said to yourself, okay, can the Mountaineers actually find themselves like 7-0 and by the bye week and then maybe, dare I say, undefeated going into the Oklahoma game on Black Friday? Is that possible? The NC State game would have been a fantastic test. And there's a couple ways this thing could have been made up that it's not going to be made up. First off, West Virginia plays Iowa State on October 13th. That's the same day as NC State's bye week. The good news is that West Virginia and Iowa State both have a bye week on the 20th. But unfortunately, both sides have basically said, we're not moving our bye week. The Mountaineers, I understand why, because they play Thursday, October 25th. So they'd basically be playing three games in about 18, 19 days during that span. That's just a lot of football. That's a lot of football. Because they'd play in this theoretical restructuring of the schedule. The Mountaineers would end up playing on October 13th, NC State, on the road. Then, on October 20th, they would go play Iowa State on the road. And then on October 25th, they'd host Baylor on a Thursday night. That's tough. And then also, Shane Lyons, the West Virginia AD, saying, I'm not rescheduling this game for December 3rd because guess what? Guess where I'm going to be? Or not December 3rd, December 1st. Guess where I'm going to be on December 1st, baby? I'm going to be playing at a Big 12 championship game. And I'm not rescheduling it for the following week because that's just pointless. So I don't blame him for doing that. I really don't. 
and it's just disappointing this game is not being played because we would have really found out whether or not the Mountaineers are a team that can not just compete near the top of the Big 12, but potentially win a Big 12 championship. And that would have been exciting to find out. And we're not going to find it out. Now they have a week off until Kansas State next week. That game is at home. Those two teams always play close games. But I'll tell you what, right now, when it comes to Will Greer, he's in the Heisman race. I don't think this hurts his Heisman chances. If Will Greer goes out there and he lights it up against K-State, Texas Tech, Kansas, Iowa State, comes back from the bye and rips through the back end of the Big 12 schedule, he's going to be in the mix. I don't think one game against NC State in a non-conference matchup is going to be the determining factor for whether or not Will Greer is a Heisman winner. I just don't. I just don't see that being the case. I really don't. And and last thing on this NC State-West Virginia deal is uh, the Big 12 desperately needed a non-conference win over a Power 5 opponent. It just, it did. Look at these first two weeks. Texas dropping the ball against Maryland. K-State gets crushed by Mississippi State. Texas Tech and Ole Miss. Iowa and Iowa State. And if the Mountaineers were going to prove that the Big 12 is not just about Oklahoma right now, this was a great game to do it, and it's not going to happen. Of course, TCU can make a huge statement this weekend against Ohio State, but unfortunately the Mountaineers are not going to have that same chance. Well, week three is by far, and it's not even close, the best weekend in the Big 12 to date. Pete Mundo, final few minutes on Heartland College Sports Weekly. It's great to be here with you, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. It's our Big 12 independent digital media outlet. Be sure to go check it out. Well, when you look at this weekend's games, even without West Virginia taking on NC State, You've got Oklahoma and Iowa State. Then you've got Boise State and Oklahoma State. You have Baylor and Duke. You know, we'll even include Kansas Rutgers. KU's a favorite. i got to look it up. When's the last time KU was a favorite on the football field? K-State, an interesting storyline against UTSA. Texas Tech and Houston. TCU, Ohio State, Texas, USC. I mean, man, I can justify watching every single one of these games for one reason or another. There's so many storylines here to keep an eye on. It's fantastic. So let's start off with Oklahoma and Iowa State. Iowa State finds itself with a major problem right now. It does not appear to have an offense. Yes, it was the first game against a good defensive line in Iowa. I understand that. I get that. But even without a tune-up game against South Dakota State that was canceled due to weather, This Iowa State offensive line should cause a lot of concern for that fan base right now. There's no way around it. Now, the defense is really good, but even the Iowa State defense against Oklahoma, just like last year in the upset, they're going to score their 30 points. OU is going to put points on the board. Look at what this offense is doing. And I know Rodney Anderson is down, but I don't think it's going to affect the offense a whole lot. So Iowa State has got to figure out what's going on with its offense specifically on that line. I think the wide receivers are really good. You know, we still don't know what's going on with Kyle Kemp just yet. 
at the quarterback position. I was wholeheartedly unimpressed by Zeb Nolan's 2018 debut last week in limited action. So uh, Matt Campbell has got to be racking his brain trying to figure out if I want any chance to win this game, I got to score 30 points. I just don't think, even though I love Iowa State's defense, I just don't think that you can ask your defense to hold this OU team to under 30. doesn't matter how good that defense is. And I don't see Iowa State scoring 30 points this weekend. I just don't. Oklahoma's defense has gotten dramatically better, and that continues to impress me just as much as the other side of the ball. So in this game, I think Oklahoma romps by – uh, three scores. I really do. And don't forget the revenge factor from last year. That is a factor here as you would expect it to be. It's just, it's going to be because OU's not forgetting that game. There's no way they are. Rutgers in Kansas. You know, Rutgers has been horrible so far. The programs are very similar in many ways. They lost to Ohio State 52-3 to last week after beating Texas State in week one, 35-7. KU's a favorite. I'm all about the Jayhawks improving. I can't put this team as a favorite yet. I can't. Someone tell me how you can justify it. Give me Rutgers in some type of ugly uh, 21-17 type of game. I really hope I'm wrong about this. I do. But I I don't see any reason to to be jumping on the Jayhawks football bandwagon right now. I just don't. I'm fascinated by what happens here with Oklahoma State because I don't know if Taylor Cornelius is the guy, as I talked about earlier in the show. And I know this, too. Oklahoma State has played some garbage opponents. Mike Gundy likes to do that. But Boise State is a really good football team. They've got a couple of players coming back from suspension this week at wide receiver and defensive line. That's a big boost for them. So this is the real challenge for the Cowboys. And I know we all love Mike Gundy. We'd love to see him say after the game he wishes there was some vodka in his smoothie or whatever it might be. I'm not convinced this is a very good Oklahoma State team, and this will be the best test to date. And this is also a game that is not getting enough attention in the Big 12 because as bad as the Big 12 has been in out-of-conference games so far this year against Power 5 teams, we've run down that list. Two of the sneaky important games this week, Oklahoma State and Boise State and Texas Tech and Houston. The Big 12 cannot lose games, even though Boise State and Houston are very good programs. And Houston just beat uh, Arizona last week. You can't have the non-conference results so far the Big 12 has had and then lose a game to a Mountain West program when both teams are ranked, and you can't lose a game to Houston at home. I know both those programs are good, but losing a Mountain West game and losing uh, Houston coming out of, why am I blanking on where Houston's coming out of right now? Gosh dang it. The AAC, you can't have that this weekend based on how this year has gone thus far for this conference. You cannot do it. So I know a lot of people are talking about the big time games like Ohio State TCU and and USC Texas, but those are two games that the Big 12, if it wants to continue its upward trajectory, cannot lose. It just it can't happen. It cannot happen. So you got to keep an eye on those two if you're a general Big 12 fan. And every Big 12 fan should be rooting for Big 12 teams in non-conference play because it helps your own strength of schedule. That's how you should be looking at it for the entire season.
no doubt about it. Also, this weekend, UTSA, K-State. K-State should be 0-2 if we're being fair. I saw that game in person against Mississippi State last week. It was not pretty at all. It wasn't. UTSA held its own against Baylor last week. The final score against Baylor was not indicative of that game. UTSA is a pretty solid program for its level. So let's see if K-State can go out there and can crush an opponent that it should beat by at least a couple of touchdowns. Ohio State and TCU. I know Urban Meyer is not going to be on the sidelines, but he is the de facto coach. My goodness, if TCU can pull off this stunner, this would be the biggest thing that could happen for the Big 12 Conference in the first month of the season. It would be enormous for the conference's credibility to get this victory. Do I think they do it? No, I don't. I think that Ohio State will win by about 10 points. But I, I am going to be rooting like hell for the Horn Frogs because this game is just vital, absolutely vital for the conference to pull up some credibility because with Texas down, it looks like again, or just mediocre again, that second tier after Oklahoma has to have some credibility for the conference as a whole. And that leaves TCU and West Virginia. West Virginia is not going to get a chance this week because its game has been canceled. So that leaves the ball in TCU's court. Now for the Texas-USC game, all I'll say about this, because we only have a little bit of time left, take the under. Take the under. Both of these offenses are incompetent. They are. USC, you saw it last week against Stanford. Texas, we've seen it the first couple of weeks. I'm pretty amazed that Texas is a favorite in this game. I like USC by a field goal here, somewhere around a 20-17 to 17 final in favor of the Trojans. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks, as always, guys, for being a part of the show. We'll talk to you next week, same time, same place. 2,000 country stations, yeah, we're one big country nation, that's right. Thanks for listening, guys, and don't forget, rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and email me your review to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I will put a free koozie in the mail for you. Get it to your front door ASAP. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week.